0: Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence, fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins! Elliott dodges the eye of this national championship win.
1: A deep throw by
0: Lawrence, a lot of contact, Justin Ross broke free from it, he's down in the end zone, touchdown Clemson!
1: What's up and welcome into episode 166 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry bringing you the off-season college football headlines. We've got a little bit to talk about this week, Joshua. It's been somewhat slow to start the summer, but I got a feeling that we're going to start having some things come our way.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely think so. Um, You know, conferences are meeting and they're making decisions. We've talked about the SEC and uh, some of the decisions that they can make. We talked about the PAC 12 kind of moving away from the traditional divisions, uh, which I think is a great move. The big 10 is having conversations about that as well. Um, So, you know, we, we got some things I think are going to be happening. Of course, the name image and likeness and transfer portal conversation constantly evolving as well.
1: Yeah. Nope. And of course we're getting closer and closer To August, which we're going to see camp starting to come about. And then, of course, the season is going to be here right before we know it. I know that I'm getting old when I see a headline come out and it says they are going to be highlighting first time candidates on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. And I'm looking down the list of players and I'm like, oh, yeah, these are all guys that I pretty much like grew up watching, but but at my age, they were pretty much my same age. And I'm going, oh, wow, this is crazy. Now we're talking about the College Football Hall of Fame and these guys being candidates for it. Did you happen to see the list, Joshua?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some you know, of the names right now. I you know, know one like, of the
1: guys I know well.
0: Yes. Because he's a Washington yes.
1: State coup.
0: Yes. Yeah, i are mean, talking about Ryan Leaf there. There's some guys on here that, like, you know, I, I personally, like, low-key modeled my game after, you know, Luke Geekly, yeah. for example. Oh, uh, yeah. James Laurinaitis is back on it.
1: Oh, my um, gosh. That's
0: a close friend of mine and somebody who I emulated back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you keep going down the list and you see, uh, you know, a name like Kajana Carter, uh, who is a Central Ohio guy who played for Penn State. Um, so I hope that he reps for central Ohio. So I mean, some great names on that list.
1: There really is to highlight some of them. Like I mentioned, Washington state quarterback, Ryan Leaf, that I went to Washington state. Clearly he, he's a big, big deal up in those parts. Uh, Montana guy born in Montana, obviously had a huge career, um, played for Mike price at Washington state. In the 90s, uh, clearly had some issues that followed and did not allow him to have a pro career. Uh, He's definitely back on track. Very, very happy for Ryan. He's doing well right now. Yeah, he's a friend of mine and he's done a lot. He's had a lot to overcome in life. Uh, Many of us do have things that we have to overcome, but I give him props for continuing that journey. It's never easy. Um, And it's really cool to see him highlighted on this list because you cannot take anything away from what he did at Washington state and he put uh, Washington state at that time on the map. And you still talk about that Washington state group when he was the quarterback there. Um, so it's good to see him also on that list, former Utah quarterback who urban Meyer coached. Yes. Uh, that's Alex Smith. And we all know Alex Smith and how his story unfolded. And then you see the quarterback, that has always received praise at the college level. And that was uh, Tim Tebow, who, of course, played at Florida, uh, did so many crazy things there in terms of a non-traditional quarterback. So those are kind of the QBs listed there, Joshua. So all in all, 80 players, nine coaches from the FBS, 96 players and 33 coaches from divisional ranks are on this list. So it'll be cool like when it's all said and done to see uh, some of the names.
0: Oh, certainly will be. I mean, you you know, you mentioned a couple of the guys on there, some phenomenal names there. Uh, I think Tim Tebow really uh, revolutionized college football in a way. And, and, you know, it's partially Urban's offense, but just the way that he played the game and the way that he carried himself. And I know that he's a little bit polarizing. Uh, You know, some people think it's not necessarily genuine. Um, I've never met Tim Tebow, but obviously I'm connected with a ton of people who know him. They say he's the most genuine guy around. Um so that's really cool. You mentioned Alex Smith, man, and that yeah. is a hell of a name. Uh because his pro career was really good and he had that injury um you know that was devastating, made the comeback like phenomenal for him, but uh college career, I mean what he did at Utah was I know. Wild. I mean it, it was basically like the first program that was really um you know the the small team that was trying to to bust through in the BCS. And yeah. they had a ton of success with him. Uh, playing quarterback there, uh, regular season success, bowl game success, the whole deal. Um, So he definitely is deserving to be on that list.
1: Also on the list real quick, because I think it's funny that we're talking uh, for this amount of time about the Pac-12 in a good way. uh, Because also on this list, running back Reggie Bush, who I got to see play in person for about three years whenever they would visit Washington State. I'm talking about USC. Uh, I mean, I was on the field. I got to see him up close and personal. I mean, talk about a great player at the college level. And it's funny that we're listing these names, and a lot of these guys are Pac-12 guys. And, again, I'm going to go and say this is what the Pac-12 used to be, though. Like, this was a regular thing to have guys that stood out, that every single year were having incredible years, and we were always talking about a player in the Pac-12 and into – to me, like that's not the case anymore. So
0: yeah, just another example. No, we can, we can dive into that because, you know, you, you mentioned the Washington States, obviously Washington's had success. Oregon was always a a really fun program to follow, but then you get to the cows, the UCLA's, the USC's of the world. I mean, USC was, was that program. It was cool. Um, They were having a lot of success. Obviously there was a little nefarious activity going on there. So, um, you know, It is what it is. Let me say this about Reggie Bush. Happy for him. Give that man his damn Heisman back. Please. Please. So he could be a college football Hall of Famer, but we're still not going to give him the damn trophy back, especially with NIL. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah. We talked about this several episodes ago. And I feel like at this point, they just need to, to do the right thing. You know, if we're going into this landscape of college football now, you know, just give the guy his trophy back. Cause when you now think about that, and I get it, like it wasn't, it wasn't actually accepted then, but we know it was going on. And it didn't affect, that's not something that affected his play.
0: No. You no. Know? No. Give him the trophy back.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, looking forward to that, Joshua. So, I think the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with you, let's get in. To really quickly some Big Ten talk because we haven't talked about your conference in a while and there's always changes going on in the off season, and many of those changes usually have to do with what they're doing with the staff because you have a good season sometimes you lose coaches and you've got to you know go out and hire some new ones and bring some new ones in and that's what uh, Michigan is doing and we'll get to Nebraska in just a moment but Michigan what a great season for Jim Harbaugh and the guys. And I know that it's hard sometimes for a Buckeye like you to have to admit that. And I get it. I don't like Michigan that much either. Um, But you can't take away from what they did reaching the college football playoffs this last year. And we've had a little bit of doubt about Jim um, up until this season where I think they've really started to turn things around. They lost their offensive coordinator. You said he went to uh, Miami. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so um, they're bringing in, they brought in like a couple guys to kind of split duties. Is that right? And I'm going to let you chat about that because you just know so much more about that program.
0: Yeah. So um, just to kind of set the context there, um, Michigan did lose their offensive coordinator, uh, Josh Gaddis, to uh, Miami. Josh Gaddis was a guy who had been with James Franklin at Vanderbilt and uh, at Penn State and then uh, Michigan went ahead and poached him, and he was supposed to be an ace recruiter. Um, speed and space was his philosophy offensively, and uh, that philosophy kind of, uh, you know, did not mesh well with Jim Harbaugh's philosophy, which was, you know, put two and three tight ends on the field. Right. Uh, we're going to pound the rock. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a solid quarterback, more of a game manager type of guy, not necessarily a quarterback who's going to be able to take the top off of a defense. Um, And so, you know, philosophically, I think they were at odds a little bit. So I think this was more of a mutual move. And Josh Mm -hmm. Gattis, um, I I can't remember if he won the Broyles Award or if he was just a finalist for it, which is the top coordinator in college football. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was a lot going on to set the stage for him to take this opportunity at Miami. Uh, I think it works out for both parties that he is not at Michigan anymore, um, and so I wish him the best of luck. I've, I've met him a couple times. I think he's um, just a solid dude. Uh, but now they're rocking with this cat, Matt Weiss, who uh, was their quarterback coach last year. Uh, he came from the Ravens staff, which is something that Jim Harbaugh has done a couple times now. Uh, Mike brother. McDonald, who was their was their defensive coordinator last year, came off of his brother's staff with the Ravens. He did a great job. Now he's back with the Ravens. Uh, Matt Weiss is a guy who was very familiar with the uh, Harbaugh lineage before. They're excited about this cat. He is a bit of a younger dude, um, you know, a, a mental uh, mastermind type of guy. Mm-hmm. Philosophy definitely more in line with what Jim Harbaugh traditionally does. And then they promoted uh, Sharon Moore, who was their offensive line coach to co-offensive coordinator. He is their ACE recruiter. He is the guy that they think is going to be the the next great one in terms of coaching. Um, So they're excited about that move. I like it because that is a black coach um, who is getting a legit opportunity and he's earned his way into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So excited about him. And then, Mike Hart is now their run game coordinator, and everybody knows Mike Hart from his time playing at Michigan. But another great recruiter, a guy who really understands the quote-unquote Michigan man mentality, uh, really excited about what they think that he can do um, as the run game coordinator there at Michigan. So their staff had some turnover. Same thing on the defensive side. Um, you know, they had to, to make some changes when um, Mike McDonald left. Uh, after just being there for a year. And they've had some turnover in terms of players on that side of the ball as well. So this is a program that will be interesting for me once the fall comes around. Um, I think that they've got a lot of good talent coming back offensively. At running back, they've got uh, Blake Corum and Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards, who are two really good players. At wide receiver, Ronnie Bell is coming back, which is going to be big for them. Andrew Anthony had a breakout season last year and their tight end room is going to be stacked as well. Um, Offensive line needs a little bit of retooling because they had some depth that they lost there. When you look at their quarterback position, they actually have a quarterback controversy. I thought Cade McNamara played extremely well last year, even though Mm -hmm. people don't think that he has the top end that J.J. McCarthy has. And that kid, uh, very confident kid, very athletic guy. He's got a bigger arm. Um, You know, A lot of eye candy to dangle out there. They're going to have to figure out what they do on that side. And then we know the guys on defense that they had, um, you know, Dax Hill was a really good safety. who's not going to be there anymore. Um, David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rushers, won't be there uh, either. Chris Hinton in the middle of that defense, Josh Ross, who's a linebacker who's a leader for them, will not be there as well. So um, I think they're going to be solid this year, but they definitely got some young guys they got to bring along.
1: Well, that's always the question for me with the Harbaugh run team, at least since he's been at Michigan, because I totally get what happened last year and uh, just what they did was was really great to see, I guess, if you're a Michigan Wolverine. But can it be as consistent what we have not seen in the past several years compared to what we have seen from a program like Ohio state. Can it be consistent enough now, not where you're going to just have one really big year where you get to the college football playoff. Like can this team really start to be at the top um, legitimately competing with Ohio state uh, every single season with Harbaugh now uh, and somewhat of a, I guess, change in his mentality, I guess, is what I saw uh, last year.
0: Yeah, I think the track record, you know, is, is tough for him right now. Like he certainly has to repeat the level of, su- of success that they had last year else people are going to write it off as a one-off. Um, you know, the, the confidence that you mentioned, I think, is really dangerous. Um, that team now believes that they can get over that hump. Um, yeah. I think at the same time, Ohio State also now realizes that they can lose to a team like Michigan. And so, Correct. Uh, you know, they've they've got their antennas up to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, the way that I look at it is as solid as I think their roster is, they have to be more of a developmental program mm-hmm. than a school like Ohio State, because Ohio State's just got guys. Like they got guys sure. that are ready to play day one. And then the other thing that I think is going to be the biggest storyline to follow for Michigan is how they handled their quarterback controversy. Because I think back to my days at Ohio State in 2015, where you had uh, Braxton, who ended up moving to wide receiver, and then you had Cardale and JT that were duking it out. And the story goes, and this is not urban legend, this is true, that um, Urban Meyer had not picked the starting quarterback for the Virginia Tech game in 2015. Wow. Um, the, the the game to avenge the loss the year yeah. before until the first offensive huddle walked out on the field. Yeah. And he just picked Cardell, just told Cardell to just go in the game. Um, yeah, that's a spot you don't want to be in.
1: Right. Because,
0: you know, you, you want to make sure you have the quarterback solidified, you know, probably by the second week in training camp.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I remember that, too. I remember that was such a headline, you know, because we literally did not know yeah, until, like wild. you said, he walked out on so the field.
0: Crazy! You don't want to you don't want to have that happen if you're Jim Harbaugh.
1: No, you do not. Um, it's good, though, to to always have quarterback competitions, always a good thing to. To, to hear that there's two guys that could possibly win the job you just have to make sure you, you, you make a decision at some point. Um, and then I wanted to ask you also about Nebraska now that is not a program that that was anywhere close to being you know what achieving what Michigan achieved but you're still going to lose guys and Scott Frost is is kind of I don't want to say hanging on by a thread, but in a way he's had a lot of opportunities to kind of change things around it just doesn't seem to be going in the direction we thought it would at this point. And so they also uh, are bringing in a new offensive coordinator, Joshua. And in my eyes, it looks like this is one of those things. It's like, okay, we're going to give you this. And if you can't do this, uh, there could be a possibility that there's a job change at the end of next year when it comes to head coach.
0: Yes, and, and this will be a, uh, a unique case study here. Uh, Mark Whipple is a pro-style offensive coach. I think it rubs people the wrong way in today's day and age, but he's coming from Pitt where he coached Kenny Pickett into a first-round draft pick, and that was a developmental quarterback prospect coming out of high school. He had to improve his stats year after year. Mark Whipple allowed him to do that. Uh, and that Last year, we saw what Kenny Pickett did, but Scott Frost is definitely um, a guy who has a unique offensive philosophy. It is a spread offense um, in practice, but he brings in a lot of the triple option attack that he ran as a player at Nebraska where you mm-hmm. see the quarterback running those options and they'll bring running backs and even wide receivers into the backfield to create those um you know secondary and tertiary threats back there. Um so it's gonna blend a unique run game that Scott Frost is known for with a pass game that is uh pro style at heart. So this has to work if you're Scott Frost. Yeah. Um and As as good of a coordinator as Mark Whipple is, I also think that there was some convincing that had to go on to get him to Nebraska, just understanding from the coaching standpoint where that program is and and what situation they're sitting in. Um, You know, and this is not a knock on anybody, but if I'm a coach, I don't know if Nebraska would have been my first choice for a job, Um, knowing that if, (laughs) if things don't go well you know, by game six, seven, or eight, there could be some changes going on to that offensive staff or to the staff just overall. So um, certainly some work needs to be done there. Uh, Nebraska quarterback room, um, they got a couple of guys. I think they brought in a transfer who is going to get um, some opportunities. I got to get this kid's name right. I think it's uh, Casey Thompson, but give me a sec to Google this.
1: He calls, uh, and by the way, Joshua calls them cats. He's got to get this cat's
0: name right. I know, I'm like an old man. I love man. it.
1: That's like my favorite when Joshua I know, I says this cat. I'm like, I just love that. <laughs> yeah, they,
0: gotta they, get this cat's, cat's name right. Um, yeah, so they had uh, Casey Thompson, who's a quarterback transfer from Texas. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this name, this cat's name is Chuba or Chuba Purdy. Um, he oh, committed okay. to okay, Chuba Purdy. It's
1: Chuba, I think.
0: Okay. So, they got that cat, and then they have Logan Smothers on their roster as well, who was a backup quarterback to Adrian Martinez a year ago. Okay. Um, so, he, you know, he's, they, they've got some guys, some warm bodies that they're going to roll through there. Um, I'm just not exactly sure, like. I respect the hell out of that program. Um, I love Trev Alberts as their AD. Uh, I got to talk to him last summer. I think he's a remarkable guy. I have a ton of respect for him. When I watched Nebraska practice during training camp last year, um, it looked like a a program that was, they were feeling pressure, and they were trying to find their way. So for them, I think that they need to just be loose. Like They made a ton of mistakes last year on the field, I think a lot of those mistakes just came from guys trying to play hero ball and and doing more than just their job. Like they need to settle down. You're playing in the Big Ten West. You're going to have an opportunity every year over there. Um, Like just play fundamentally sound football. And I think that they take a step forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's you can only take it, uh, I guess, as the coach cliche, cliche says, game by game to see what's going to happen in Nebraska. But my goodness, I, I, I mean, we keep continuing to talk about this every time we go into a season and how long Scott Frost is going to be there. So uh, the leash is definitely uh, getting shorter by the minute. One last thing I wanted to say, Congratulations to Arkansas's head coach, Sam Pittman. He actually agreed to a new contract through 2026. And the only reason I even bring this up is because I'm actually grown to be a pretty big fan of Sam Pittman. Um, When he got the head coaching job there, it's very, very rare for an offensive line coach to take over as a head coach and, you know, Arkansas is Arkansas, but it's still an sec program. And he has put, them back in the mix I mean they really are coming off of a great season and every player that I've kind of heard about talk about Pittman it's really positive stuff um including the first round pick for the Titans Traylon Burks who um is is obviously now up here in Nashville so I thought you know cool to see that because Joshua I'm not gonna lie I did not think he'd last there
0: no I mean six million bucks a year whatever they're giving him um, certainly earned that. We and we talked about Arkansas this past football season, probably more than anybody thought we were going to be talking about Arkansas football. this is yeah. a team that was ranked in the top ten, I believe, at one point this year. I mean, yeah. good for those guys. Uh, good for our guy Sam Pittman. Like, I'm I'm excited about their future. I think it's it's certainly tough playing in the SEC. I think from their location. You can recruit some guys, but it is definitely a little bit more of an outpost than other locations because you're trying to go into Oklahoma. You're probably trying to go into Texas. You got to get some guys out of Missouri, St. Louis area. Maybe you're trying to reach into Chicago uh, to recruit, but like it's it's certainly not the easiest thing, um, you know, recruiting at Arkansas.
1: Yeah, and really, when you can get a guy that is taken. Uh, you know, the Titans moved up to 18 to get Traylon Burks this year in the NFL draft. Just having that, just having a guy taken early in the first round out of your school, too. It's been a minute. I mean, I know they've, they've had the um they had another wide receiver, didn't they? Just a short time uh, ago. I can't remember I mean so. exactly who. But just to get a name that's in the first round and just to get Arkansas's name back in the mix there, too, is a really positive thing. That can only probably help continue to grow that program. And uh, the fans down there are nuts, by the way, because that's all they have is football and baseball. And so when you go to one of those games, even basketball, uh, like it's wild. Like that's a wild environment. So if you want to play in that kind of environment, and they they sway you when you go down there on your visit, like you you might just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Arkansas. So.
0: Never, never have done an Arkansas game day. Uh, okay. I, my, my goal um, now that I'm in this space is to get on as many campuses as possible for a game day.
1: Yeah. And they gonna? So for, I'm really curious, really quick for rally rally on Valley for college football this year, because it is going to be the first time that you guys have your show during the college football season. You're going to be doing big 10 stuff too, but will you get a chance with the rally to kind of do that? type of stuff, or maybe you can go visit the campus.
0: I don't believe so. Um, which is, you know, it is what it is. I'll be on some big 10 campuses this fall. Like I've done in the past, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm gonna make the most of that. And like for some of these schools, even in the big 10, I've been on their, all of their campuses. I have not been to some of them on game day. Uh, right. So that's a fun experience for me just to even knock those ones out. Uh, now, just as a quick aside, I'm sitting down here um, on the 10th floor of my apartment building in the amenity area, and there's a dog run um, that's not too far away from here, and, and a, a little dog just ran up to me and just came and sat by my my feet. No. Yep. Wait,
1: so, the, so you're in like an amenities area. So what does that mean? Like there's certain things that you guys can do, like podcasting and stuff, and this is inside, I'm guessing.
0: Yes. So um, I'm sitting here. Yeah, it's like a, basically it looks like a, a big ass living room. Um, there's Dang. A flat screen TV. There's a, a multiple seating areas. There's a coffee table in one of the seating areas. I'm over here kind of off to the side. Um, and, you know, there's a, a, a built in fireplace on the other side. There is a demo kitchen with um, dining room seating like four or five dining room tables in there. And then on the other side, there's another seating area. And then to my outside, there is a terrace that has grills, fire pits, seating. There is a dog run. Um, there's a putting green yeah. that overlooks the swimming pool. And then on the other side of the doors, we have a game room and we have a, uh, a golf simulator. So well, we, got, look at- we got it all going on over here.
1: Auntie Kayla's coming to visit for vacation. So just tell Maddie, <laughs> Auntie Kayla's on her way. She's going to just vacation there at, at y'all's place. Um. No, it's,
0: uh, <laughs> it is, you know, not to toot one on horn, but it is very resort-like and palatial out here. Um, you're you're welcome to visit. Like, Maddie has been talking about meeting you for the longest time. I know. She's like She's like, you get up every week, you talk to Kayla. She's like, I listen to the podcast. I like your guys' work. She's like, I gotta meet Kayla, I think she's cool as hell. I'm like, oh you two get along so
1: i got I've got to do that sometimes. Maybe I'll have a reason to to go up to Chicago here uh sometime soon. you know I've got to burn some vacation days um yeah. and by the they, way, um, what where's the dog? Is the dog still there? Is this dog no, have a home
0: uh, the The dog finally went outside and did dog- thing and then <laughs> he came back to say bye uh oh,
1: you've got <laughs> so, a new friend, Joshua, you've got a new, new friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you come to visit, the apartment has guest suites as well. So you can you stay here and have your, your run of the amenities.
1: So it has, so you just rent like a little guest suite.
0: Yeah, it's their apartments wow. are fully furnished. So you can rent them like a hotel.
1: That is incredible. Okay, I really might take this into consideration now. I might go do some networking in Chi Town, anyways, which I should be doing um, yeah. sometime soon. So. We'll we'll
0: go to Soho house where you can meet some of the other creatives.
1: See that's I'm okay. Well, my main mission is to meet Maddie, but yes. 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 You tell her that, uh, that I'm thinking about this.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, She'd love it.
1: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of press pass. Of course we encourage you guys to subscribe. If you have not already, it's really easy to do. You can find us on anywhere that you get your podcasts and then, poor social media. We always try to pump ourselves up at the end of the show. So Joshua, where can they go to find you?
0: You can go to at RIP underscore JEP on Twitter and Instagram to check me out. Um, Twitter starting to to fill up with some sports content. So uh, if y'all want to argue about anything, come holler at your boy.
1: Yeah, he puts up some good clips, too, from the rally, and some of them are really funny. Um, So it's always fun. I love, I'm such a video person. I'm such a visual person. So whenever, like, video goes up, I'll immediately click on it, you know, to see what's going on. Um, And and Joshua always has some fun with that, of course. You can follow me at Anderson TV on Twitter and Instagram. I'm uh, following all that is college baseball right now, so if you like college baseball, too follow my feed because you'll probably Yo, were you
0: watching the uh women's college world yeah. series game last night the texas and oklahoma yeah. state game that yeah. was wild wasn't it
1: it was i look softball i played so like i'm a little biased but like softball is such a fun sport if you've never watched it it's like the shorter version of baseball but it's like even a little bit more like energy based i feel like with softball and These girls are ballers. Like these girls can hit the it out of the ball. Um, And some of the pitchers, like if you just pay attention to some of the programs, they're dominant because the pitching is just after year. They've got those those girls that can just continue to dominate in the circle. So it's a really fun sport. Yeah, so so it's so much fun. It's gonna be Texas and Oklahoma um fighting for a college world series title um for softball this year Oklahoma a is rivalry in it there
0: but Oklahoma is ridiculous
1: It's every freaking year I believe like they're in like at least the semifinals, right before yeah.
0: they had but, like a 60 game winning streak or something at one yeah, point this year
1: Yeah and it's in if you guys don't know this it's based in Oklahoma every year so like the the softball college world series is in Oklahoma. So not only is the program good, but they're pretty much playing at home the whole time, which is phenomenal. It's just, it's pretty cool. Um, no, it so, is. It's awesome. Yeah. So that was a good, that was, that was a really good game. Uh, there's been some really good ball, like it just if you like baseball or softball. I know it's boring for some people, but honestly, the postseason so far has been really fun. There's been a lot of just really good highlights and some really good games. So, I always mix it up, but you know me, Joshua. I mean, I'm just give mm-hmm. me sports; I'll talk about it all day. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean, you could be watching uh, the the
1: pickleball, <laughs> uh,
0: cornhole, the cornhole yes. world championship. Yeah, and uh, all right. So th- I know we're we're just we're yeah, We're just at
1: we always find <laughs> a way to keep going.
0: I know. Um, there's this thing called American Sevens football. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, um, but it's basically like. It's, it's football and rugby almost combined in one. It's tackle football. Um, these guys aren't wearing like hard pads. They don't wear helmets. Um, they And they play on a football field that's 100 yards long and 37 yards wide. And it's like uh, seven guys on the field. It's it's bad football to its mm-hmm. core. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was on my TV on Sunday. And I'm a little bit degenerate when it comes to football, obviously. I'll watch here. <laughs> Sure. Um, so I flipped this on. And it's one of those leagues where they're trying to make it a ton of fun. And so the guys get to put, like, nicknames on the back of their jerseys. But I was looking at jerseys, and there's a cat on uh, Patterson, New Jersey U. And um, I, that was a fun little aside here. That was a lot of fun because my parents are from Patterson, New Jersey. So I oh, wow. The whole time. But um, there's a cat on the Patterson U whose number is negative
1: one. Oh, wait, what? Yes. Oh yes. my negative one.
0: Negative one had me wrapped in there. I could not stop watching from that point.
1: I don't, I think I might just, I mean, that is hilarious.
0: Like, yes, it is.
1: We, we And we've talked about, you know, so the number changes in the NFL and then then you're talking about, you know this league is a negative one. You just can't take your eyes off. You're like, is this really happening?
0: Is it really happening? And so that's how I spend my weekends. I watch degenerate football, US uh, American sevens. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Josh was on the same page as me. Like you can find yeah. us doing we, watching things randomly on the weekends, but it's always and sporting. I do watch
0: cornhole as well. It was I it know. was a, I,
1: it's getting really popular. I'm going to tell you I that know. much. It's getting really popular.
0: It, look, ESPN. If it's on there, I'm watching. So you know, I, I watched. Um, I think it was. I don't know if it was Division One, but I watched like college bowling uh, championships, and it was actually in Columbus, Ohio, which was wild. Yeah, uh, I know. Um, but, Watch it on TV. I've watched Cornhole on TV this past weekend. We had tennis. We had golf. I was watching that little American sevens. I watched some USFL. We had basketball. You've got the uh, college world series going on. Like there was so much to take in. And then baseball. I mean, if you're a baseball guy, which I'm not really, but I watch it now too. Like a lot of sports action this weekend.
1: There was, it was a really good weekend for sports. I was certainly busy and Of course, you know, you're always going to get a little bit of snippet of that here on Press Pass Podcast. It's a college football podcast, but we kind of always incorporate a little bit of that, a little bit of this, you know,
0: just how we are. It's our brand. We just, we we, we take, we give the people what they want.
1: We do. We absolutely do. And sometimes I, you know, we give the people, they didn't even ask for it and we gave it to them. No,
0: they didn't know they wanted it. (laughs) We we found a way to deliver it.
1: That's what we do. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode of Press Pass. Of course, uh, subscribe like we we had mentioned and we'll be back uh, next week. Take care guys.